You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Good morning. It's great to be together. I was going to bring this out myself, but I thought it would be more professional if Rob brought it out. What do you think? Did it add to the experience a little bit? It did, right? It's great to be together uh, this morning. I'm glad that it's getting colder. Uh, I love uh, San Francisco weather, so this reminds me a little bit of the Bay Area. So uh, winter is upon us. Uh, it is great uh, to have uh, so many of us uh, join. Uh, you know, from the whole video, I hope you can tell that uh, we are a worldwide church, and uh, not all, only throughout the world, but throughout L.A. and uh, throughout Orange County as well. I want to welcome those. I know some of us are here from our sister churches throughout uh, L.A. and um, Orange County, so welcome. I also want to welcome a special guest from uh, Singapore. Uh, this is uh, David Louie. Let me get David to stand on up. David. David is uh, the son of John and Karen Louie. And uh, he's definitely, I, I wonder if he has the gift of gab. I bet you he does. But uh, he's uh, deciding whether to go to Pepperdine, uh, UT, or UW. So... We're going to give him a grand tour of Pepperdine tomorrow. So if you can help me discourage him from going to Texas and Washington after they're in the fellowship, that would be great. Uh, UT, because I think it's grandparents. Your grandparents are there, right? You don't want to be near your relatives in college. I mean, they're going to bring you lunch at school. It's embarrassing. They're going to bring you a little knapsack and stuff like that. Pepperdine's awesome. Check out the view. And UW, Washington, it rains all the time, right? So, David, can we get you to commit right now uh, to go to Pepperdine? So, I think a bunch of the sisters will take him out to lunch today. So, <laughs> David, stick around. All right. Uh, I want to welcome also special guest, a little guest. Uh, he will be a little just uh, for a short amount of time. And that is uh, Emmanuel Newville, who was born... And Emmanuel and uh, his mother are here. I think this is their second service uh, here or something like that. Uh, already in the last, let me check my glasses here. In the last three weeks, he's grown three inches and four pounds. Wow, that's huge. I think he's like 15 pounds right now. And him, I was just thinking about this when I was writing this out. Can you imagine him and his brother in the next five to ten years? They're going to be like terrors in the West Side Church, tearing things down. So, Emmanuel, welcome to the West Side. I do want to thank uh, Daniel Bolton. Uh, Daniel does not put rocks into the, the contribution. Daniel really is an incredible, he's really a young Christian. He's only been around for a few years and uh, graduated converted off the campus in UCLA, and uh, I appreciate Daniel. Daniel helps us with the team ministry, but last week he also organized the uh, run for um, World Vision that we partnered up with, and we were able to raise about $50,000, huh? Yeah, $50,000 overall, uh, but $10,000 uh, from our group and who ran, and I want to thank you for the effort, and it goes to... It goes to uh, raising uh, money for, uh, for uh, World Vision, who we partner with 
and also just uh, for their water efforts uh, for people around the world. You know, last but not least, I want to welcome, um, welcome. I want to lift up uh, Catherine and Mark Shump. Um, yep. You know, they serve as uh, elder and elder's wife in our ministry. You don't realize how much work they do. Uh, just they have full-time jobs. Uh, Catherine would hope worldwide. Mark is a school teacher. He comes home around 6 o'clock every day. He, they got full schedules. I, I want you to really, I say this to lift them up and just to let us appreciate how much they do for us. And they take care, they shepherd us. You know, we're putting things together and they've done an incredible amount of work. And I think God blessed Catherine because with Robert Creel taking over as CEO, uh, the headquarters of Hope Worldwide moved from Pennsylvania to San Diego. So Catherine has a shorter commute when she has to make these trips. God always takes care of us, and I'm so grateful that uh, it is, hope to, is close to us as well. Looking forward to working more closely uh, with Hope Worldwide in the next uh, few years. So uh, let's say prayers. as we get started with our series. Amen. Father, we're so grateful to you that uh, we have this fellowship around the world. God, we have brothers and sisters who are just like us. God, who struggle, who fight, who goes through tough times and great victories uh, in your church and in your kingdom. Father, help us to be united with them and help us to be united with all our brothers and sisters throughout the ages, God, to really capture their spirit as they start, started the movement 2,000 years ago. God, open up our hearts to your message God, really, that's what worship is in so many senses, is allowing us to open up our hearts to listen to your word, let it come in and change our lives and form our thoughts and our attitudes as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, uh, we, we started a series called uh, Spiritual Formation. And really what it is is that allowing God's word to change not only our actions, but our thoughts and our attitudes as well. You know, in Christianity, that is such an important thing. It's not just the outward things we do, but it's the internal stuff. And I really appreciate what Catherine shared about the International Day of Giving. It's not just a dollar a day or a dollar a week, that amount, but really it's a challenge to give sacrificially, to give uh, to people that we don't even know, that we see pictures of every once in a while. But really that is such a... A spiritual thing, isn't it? To give to people that we don't know and we don't even see, but we hear about them and the impact that it has. So, you know, we are the clay and God is the potter. So the issue is, are we allowing God to shape us? Are we allowing God to shape us individually as we sit in our chair today, but really collectively as a church as well? So we're going to talk about those, those two aspects of spiritual formation. And today we're going to talk about our community. Last week we had an introduction and we talked about just living free. You know, the Christian life is about freedom. The Christian life is about doing things from our own heart and our own volition and giving to one another and really making an effort to, to do things and to go out. And we're using the book of Galatians as our base because Paul was just going after these Galatians because what happened was that they were trading in their freedom for something else. And basically it was, uh, they wanted to go back to the old way. Some of the people were convincing them to narrow their Christianity to these things and their dietary laws, you know, what to eat and what not to eat. And also, you know, celebrating uh, special days of the year and, 
And then also, you know, circumcision was a big issue. And they said that if you do this, then, then you're right before God. And Paul went after it. And not only did Paul, you know, like some of the scriptures in Galatians are, are some of the most passionate, but some of the most belligerent in all of scriptures as well. Okay, so Paul says, listen, you can't do that. You can't limit your Christianity like in our modern day to, well, I come to church on Sunday, is that good enough? Or I get together with these people, you know, that's my Christianity. That's how we limit our Christianity. Paul says, no, that's not Christianity at all. And at that time, they were going through really an incredible um, crossroad, if you will. Was this new movement, was it going to be under Judaism, which was really safe, or were they really going to be a new movement of Jesus Christ? And one of the reasons why Paul accused them was that Paul says, listen, you want to be under Judaism because it's safe, because it was the sanctioned religion of the day, uh, according to the Romans, that they said they feel fine about it. So a lot of the Christians says, you know, maybe, maybe it's better to kind of be under Judaism because it's safer than being on this thing uh, on our own that the Romans were very skeptical about. So Paul was trying to get the Galatians to take a step forward in their faith. To me, the book of Galatians is more than circumcision, more than the holidays, more than the dietary laws but it's really a fight to get our hearts back. It's a fight to get really what our Christianity is really about, why we do the things that we do. It's so easy to settle. It's so easy to get into a pattern and forget about why we do what we do. And Paul fought for them and says, listen, you've got you to fight for this and you've got to get this back. In Galatians 5, 6, it says, For in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision or, nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. You know, seldom in scriptures do you see the Bible distilling itself into something so manageable, so, so much with a handle that you can, you can really hold on to. Because really the Bible is a relationship with God. It's like you don't just take one passage out and go, that's it. But in some, every once in a while, God gives that to us, and this is one of them. He says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. But even that is really hard to figure out. What does that mean? You know, the book of Galatians was written to the Galatians. It's a very poignant, directed book. Why do I say that? I say that because... It's easy for us to pick and choose which scriptures we like and go, you know, I'm going to park on this for a while because it suits me. I'm going to park on that scripture because it fits into my worldview of what the scriptures are. And yet, we say that because the book of Galatians is one book and we need to balance it out, if you will, with other books in scriptures, all the canonical books in the Bible, that God put these books together to shape us and to form us it's important to read scriptures and understand that this was written to the Galatians with a particular problem in mind. We look at the book of James. Uh, it says, uh, is this, okay, let's go here. It says, are you foolish? Remember I said Paul was really going after these guys? And last week we said that we've got to be a little bit more comfortable with getting into each other's face a little bit more. Amen? I think we've got to get a little bit tougher as people. 
I think now we're, we're a little bit sensitive. We want to be sensitive. Those are good things. But every once in a while, we need to have someone kind of, hey, look, I need to talk to you about something. And we're going to have a, a whole a lesson on that uh, in a couple of weeks called Crucial Conversations. But I want to set us up. Sometimes we get really soft. They're like, oh, this person said this to me. That person said that to me. And, you know, so we get all offended or he didn't say it right or he didn't say it just the way that I would say it. Can I give you a bit of advice? No one says it just the way that you would like it. I've been around for 25 years. I've had a lot of people in my lives. Nobody relates to me. Nobody knows exactly how I feel or where I come from. Nobody. Give each other a little bit of grace and really grow a thicker skin, if you will, you know, as what it means to be a Christian. Dilute and, and take out all the junk that maybe you think doesn't work, but, but really distill some of the things that God is using that person uh, to, to really get into our hearts. Are you so foolish? After beginning with the, by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? And that word experience has different connotation, right? I appreciate Mark, you know, really showing us that there's different meanings to... It's an imperfect science trying to capture meaning. It's, it's, it's trying to translate from language to another. It's imperfect. But this particular one experience, the connotation of this means really the tough things that we've gone through. It's not just experience like, ooh, that was a nice movie. That's a good experience. This experience is more like, man, you experience a lot. And Paul is saying that we've gone through a lot individually. We've gone through a lot together. Don't give all that up for just a set of rules. Don't give that up for some dry, stale Christianity that has no power at all. He says, fight for your heart. Fight for your relationship with God. James. Man, these guys are rough. Huh? They, they're, they're not like, they're nice, but man, they call names. They use names. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that. And shudder. You see, our world today is into the cheap Christianity. We really are. We're like, you believe in God? That's great. That separates you from everybody else. You're not Muslims. You're not Buddhists. You're not atheists. You believe in God. James says, look, big deal. James says, well, good. He says that even the demons believe in God. And they actually know more about it than us because they actually shudder. They actually understand God more and they fear the name of God. So James went after it uh, as well in the general letter. Ooh, here's that word again. You foolish person. On the opposite extreme, Paul said that, you foolish Galatians, why did you give all that up and lose your faith? James went the other extreme and says, You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. You see, we have a tendency to go back and forth. Oh, faith! That means sit around, believe, good, you know, I'm cool. James says, nah, faith defined is by what you do. 
faith is defined by what people see, how we live our lives, the impact we have in our communities and the people around us. That, according to James, is genuine faith. It goes from one extreme, really it does, a trust and a belief, intellectually, existentially, believing in God, understanding it in our hearts and minds, and from that it transfer into our daily lives. So in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about that, transforming our group, a little group here that meets at the Veterans uh, Auditorium, into a powerful group that transforms Pepperdine, transforms Culver City, moves into Malibu with the power of the Word of God. We're going to look at some elements that will contribute into what's going to make us into the New Testament church. And uh, we're going to also look at a few passages from an uh, early 20th century author, a little bit of a contemporary of the guy who wrote, uh, what's that, The Cost of Bonhoeffer, The Cost of Discipleship, German scholar. And he did a study on the New Testament church. What was it like for them back then? What was life like for them back then? The Christian community, the greater community. In Acts 2, this is the beginning of the church. And then we're going to dwell right into Galatians. After they got baptized, they repented and they got baptized. And this was the description, a historical account according to Luke. And he says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Again, that word is a strong word. It's, it's, a, it's, it's really the NIV doesn't do justice. It's more like they were addicted. They were addicted Uh, They addicted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship. And they loved the Word, which at that time was the Hebrew Bible. You get this picture of them in the corner somewhere shooting up the Word. You know, like they were addicted. They were were like they loved it. They were like, oh, you know. Teaching and to the fellowship. They love being together. What do we talk about today sometimes? Oh, man. We have a hard time getting people out to Wednesday nights. We're together. It's, it's discouraging when we don't see. Not really, but in a little bit. I, I do think. I say, oh, so-and-so's not here. So-and-so. I wonder. You know what I'm saying? It's great to be together. These were, these were bonded servants, a lot of these New Testament Christians. They got together after they got permission from their owners or from their bosses to be together. They were devoted to one another, to breaking of bread, to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Many wonders and signs were performed by the apostles, and the believers were together and had everything in common. Well, Ken, that's just, it's just, you know, everything in common. Really? Did they really have everything in common? Well, that's what it says. Okay? They had everything in common. They, they, they had a, almost like a communal living. They, they work and live together. I mean, that's, that's what the Bible says, right? They sold property, it goes on. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together. Every day. They didn't text. They didn't, you know, send an email. They didn't give a... They, they, they made an effort to meet together. We're so grateful that the Savoys have moved into our neighborhood we're excited about that. We're like, hey, let's, let's, let's hang out. Come over. You know, it's like, I love that sense of 
closeness, moving together, you know, moving in and working together, walking distance. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That group was powerful. People from the outside looking in, the greater community, looking in and says, there's something about these people. There's something about the way that they carry themselves. It's something about them that is different. You're talking about people that knew the Word of God. These are Jews in Jerusalem. And yet they said that there's beyond just knowing the Word of God. These people were special, enjoying the favor of the people. They had an impact in their communities and people were becoming uh, Christians. I have three elements today that's going to contribute into what's going to help us. And you know what? I hope that it's not just an intellectual talk today, right? Now, I appreciate Mark. Mark's a teacher. Mark always tells me, Ken, you got to tell people what to do. Okay? Give them some homework. And I go, okay, all right, I'll do that. I'll try to figure out how to do that. But I'm a little bit more like, you know what? The Word should get us started. I'm more of a hippie. I really am. I mean, I don't really look like a hippie. I grew up in San Francisco. I loved it. You know, I, I love that, that free, you know, let me be. Let me figure this out myself, you know. So I'm kind of like that, but I, I need to learn to be a little bit more. You know, like people do need to, and we're going we're gonna to have some practicals today. All right? All right. Point number one, when I go into the book of Galatians, I forgot my Bible. A minister forgetting his Bible. Because I usually print them out, right? So I borrow my wife. That's why it's the pink Bible. All right. Galatians. Let's take a look at Galatians. These three aspects. We need to have a deep personal testimonies. All of us, deep personal testimonies. This is huge. Throw this at people. Um, all right. James, since you brought it up, I'm going to use it. You got a handle. How thick it is. It's got wheels, even. You can roll it, you know, when you. Wow. This is awesome. It's hardly used. All right, Galatians 1. You know what they had? They had deep personal testimonies. You know, I've convinced over the years that what changed people's lives is the one-on-one. They come to church and they see stuff, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And they see that, they, they come and they, they take a look and they, it's almost like a, a sense of skepticism. People are skeptical, which is good, actually. Because there's a lot of churches that because we are people, we mess things up for God, and I appreciate God putting up with us. But they look, and they, they examine, they go, are these people really for real? And obviously they look at the group, you know, together, not just the minister. Anybody can see that. You know, the minister prepares, he does all this stuff. It's, it's the impromptu conversations that they have that's really convincing. 
the strength of a church comes from the individual interaction with people that we come in contact with. Obviously, church service is two hours, right? It's the everyday contact at work, at school. Those are the important things that people see. And that's what the New Testament Christians had. Paul exemplifies that in Galatians chapter 1. He was sent, you know, he sent this letter to fix all these problems. And what did he give at the beginning? His own personal testimony. He says, this is who I am. This is what I believe. He says, these are my convictions about the Word of God. Not the minister, not my group, but myself. This is what I'm giving up my life for. Not because someone told me, but because I have a deep personal testimony about my relationship with God. Let's read together in Galatians chapter 1. Okay, we're going to start off verse 11, because last week we, we covered the first part a little bit. And we're going to break this down into two parts. And it says, I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preach is not something that man made up. You see what he's saying right there? I'm convinced this is from God. Why would you give up your life for someone else? Why would you give up your time? You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.